Hello, church family. This is Pastor Rob, and I pray that everyone had a blessed and safe Christmas. Today, we're continuing our devotional series on wisdom. Specifically, we're going to look at the book of Proverbs and the role that speaking truthfully has in our growing in wisdom, in the fear of God, and in our worship of God. I want to first start off with telling an embarrassing story, but true story. I guess it would defeat the purpose of today's devotional on truthfulness if the story was made up, right? Well, while waiting at the bus stop when I was in the first or second grade, a friend and I were throwing rocks at each other. Sounds like a typical boy thing to do, right? Unfortunately, one of the rocks thrown by the older boy hit my ankle and it hurt. I nursed it throughout the day. But when I got home and took my shoe off to show my mom, it was already black and blue and swelled up pretty bad. When my mom asked what happened, I really didn't want to tell her that I was goofing off and throwing rocks, so I told her that my bus driver tried to drive off while I was trying to get on the bus. Um, For obvious reasons, my mother was extremely angry at the bus driver and called the school and told them what happened and gave them a piece of her mind, like any loving mother would, especially an Italian mother who lived in New York. I then had to go to the hospital because it was getting worse, but that's where my story started falling apart. Like any lie, it was hard to keep my story straight, and I then had to admit to my parents what really happened. Needless to say, They were upset, and that may be an understatement. And my mom had to call the school and apologize. I also had to apologize to the bus driver, and after my cast was off, I lost my prized possession, my new bicycle, for six weeks. Again, this was pre-video games and home computers, and my bicycle was everything to me, and I think the punishment was as painful for my mother as it was for me with me being stuck inside the house for those six weeks. My lies could have cost the bus driver their job. It could have impacted the treatment I received for my injury, and my lies certainly embarrassed my parents. Worse than all that, my lie was a sin against a holy God. If words are powerful, lies are dangerous. As Proverbs tells us in chapter 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. For me personally, I have to admit that one of the most frustrating things this past year is not knowing who and what to believe with all that's been going on in 2020. Sometimes I want to lament like the great philosopher, great philosopher of the 1970s and cry out, honesty is such a lonely word. Everyone is so untrue. Honesty is hardly ever heard and mostly what I need from you. Okay, even that is a lie since Billy Joel is really not considered a philosopher. More seriously, we live in a society where truth is no longer absolute. And it's, based, and it's no longer based on the word of God, but it is now relative and open to biased fact-checkers and the whims of our societal norms. Again, who and what do we believe? As an example, let me just mention a few uh, really controversial topics and truth statements that we've probably heard this past year, and I will say them in pairs. The coronavirus is serious and deadly. Or, the coronavirus is an overblown conspiracy. 
masks work and are effective, or masks don't work and are useless. There was mass election fraud, or there was no election fraud. There are systemic issues in all corners of our society with racism and injustice, or they are just isolated issues and, and not systemic. Each of these issues are serious and consequential, consequential. But here's the problem. Every one of those statements can't all be true, which means one is a lie or they're both lies, and the truth is more nuanced, less popular, and much more complicated. The most dangerous thing about our society today is that regardless of what we believe and how wacky it may be, there is a news outlet that will tell us exactly what we want to hear and will feed us an opinion that agrees with our worldview. And that is called an echo chamber. To live in wisdom means we must guard our ears and guard our hearts and guard our minds against all forms of lying and all forms of untruthfulness even when that truth is inconvenient. For today's verse, the NIV translates Proverbs 12.22 as, The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. The ESV translates those same verses as, Lying, lip, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Those seem like pretty harsh words, don't they? Does, does God really detest lying? Is it, is it really loathsome or an abomination to him? Aren't, aren't there bigger sins for him to worry about? Well, we're going to talk more about this later, but let me first ask you a question. Have you ever told a lie? That's almost a rhetorical question because we all know the truth is we, we all have lied. Maybe a better question is, have you lied today? Or for some, it may be, how many lies have you told today? Sadly, when what we want is threatened, or what we think is challenged, or if, my, if like my six or seven-year-old self in the story I just told, that telling the truth means difficult and painful consequences, our default behavior is to ignore the truth and to lie to try to get our way. The Lord detests lying lips. We want to be liked and respected, so we lie about what we know or who we know or what we've done or what we haven't done when we know what we're saying is not the truth. We, we don't want to be seen in a negative light or don't want to be embarrassed or to hurt somebody's feelings, so again, we lie. I have to admit, it was tempting to say that we twist the truth, but, but twisting the truth is just a sophisticated way of saying that we are lying. The Lord detests lying lips. As a society, I fear that lying has become all too commonplace. We encourage lies by calling them exaggerations. We excuse blatant lies by calling them white lies or fake news. And as Christians, I think we're far too accepting when falsehoods come out of our own mouths. I think it would be naive of us to think that this doesn't somehow impact our Christian witness to a watching world. Now, you may want to push back to me on that one, but let me first ask a few probing questions. When a church member asks, How you doing today? Or how you doing spiritually? What's your default answer? Do you respond like most by saying, Oh, I'm doing great. When, in fact, you're not doing great. 
do you still respond that way when you have been falling into sin with lust or pornography? Are you honest about that with a trusted brother or sister? Or do you lie and withhold that struggle? But how about if you're struggling with envy and greed? Or how about if you're struggling with anger or even resentment towards another church member or family member or friend? Do you confess that sin or excuse the lie of, I'm doing fantastic, as just another half-truth? God's word tells us that withholding the truth is the same as telling a lie. James 4.17 says, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. But, but Pastor Rob, what does this have to do with wisdom? Is lying really that big of a deal? Pastor Zach has defined wisdom as the ability to live skillfully in God's world. Wisdom isn't just head knowledge, but, but having our actions and behaviors line up with the truths in God's word. Too often, we know of people or even hold up leaders who know a lot of information, even biblical knowledge, but when we look at their lives, their words and their actions don't match, and they're living a lie. This is what James warns us about in James 1.23. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. To pose the question differently, is being truthful really that big of a deal? Why does God detest lying? Well, throughout the Bible, we see God described as a God of truth, and in his holiness and perfection is unable to even utter a lie. Numbers 23:19 says, "God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and he will not do it? Or has he spoken and will not make it good?" God cannot lie. Jesus Christ says of himself, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In order to be the perfect sacrifice for our sins, Jesus Christ lived a perfect, sinless life that we could never live. And that means he never, ever uttered a lie. Think about that. Jesus Christ was the embodiment of truth since the Bible tells us he is the image of the invisible God. Now, that's pretty absolutely incredible and unbelievable, isn't it? If we're called to sanctification, which we are, see Leviticus 27, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 5, and John 17, 17, to just name a few references, and if we're called to imitate Christ, and walk in the same manner as he walked, which we are. See 1 Peter 2.21 and 1 Corinthians 11.1 1 and 1 John 2.6. We must take telling the truth extremely seriously and call all lying what it is, sin. In fact, when we lie, we're not imitating our Heavenly Father or Jesus Christ, but Satan himself. Jesus, while rebuking the Pharisees, tells us in John 8:44, you are of your father the devil and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in tr- in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, 
for he is a liar and the father of lies. Proverbs 9.10 tells us, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Why is the fear of God the beginning of wisdom? Well, one pastor sums that up really well with the following words, and it ties into what we're talking about. Fear of the Lord is something the Bible talks about from beginning to end as absolutely central to having a right relationship with God and having a life that represents that. We're told that the beginning of wisdom is found in the fear of the Lord and the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Even the way we treat each other in the body of Christ, we're told, is that of fear of Christ, submission to him as a result of fearing Jesus in the appropriate way. So when we start with the right view of the holiness of God and recognize him for who he is, we'll say with Isaiah, Woe is me! I am undone! I am a man of unclean lips and live among a people of unclean lips. Isaiah 6.5 Or Peter, when he sees the glory of Christ and in his power says, Depart from me! I am a sinful man! And listen listen to what this pastor says. I do not think you can have a true biblical understanding of of your own sin until you see God in his holiness. Otherwise, it's a, oh, I'm just a terrible person, or I didn't do that well. But when you see God for who he is, you will never think of trying to solve your sin problem yourself. And so the fear of the Lord is one of the great needs in the church today, closed quote. So what is a practical application for today's lesson? And how do we grow in wisdom in the area of truthfulness? Most importantly, I think we must re-preach the gospel to ourselves and admit that we are sinners, that there is a holy God who is going to hold us accountable for our words and actions, and that we are in great need of a Savior to rescue us daily from our old selves and our propensity to sin, including lying. Thank God that we have a great example of what this type of prayer looks like as we hear Paul cry out in Romans 7, 21-25. Paul says this, So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, But I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Close quote. I love those verses, and they are encouraging to us. In re-preaching the truth of the gospel to ourselves, we must come to the place where we confess that our flesh is waging war against the Spirit, and when the desire to lie or withhold truth is within us, that we would resolve to tell the truth, even when the consequences are serious and dire. Now, speaking of resolutions, we're in a season when there is a lot of talk about resolutions. Now, there are people out there, (coughs) Pastor Mike, (coughs) who are New Year's resolutions naysayers and think it's corny to make resolutions or hokey to get excited about the new year, and they laugh at those of us who do. But, 
I think those of us who like the idea of a fresh start of a new year and who like to make resolutions are in good company, as pastors like Jonathan Edwards made a lot of resolutions. One of his resolutions states, Resolved, and narrations never to speak anything but the pure and simple verity. In simple terms, Edwards resolved to only speak words that were pure and simply true. Can you imagine how many less words we'd be using during the day if we sought to keep that resolution? We'd probably become better listeners as well. As an aside, if you're interested in hearing an incredible sermon about Jonathan Edwards and his resolutions, please look up, uh, please look up Dr. Steve Lawson and you'll find a sermon entitled The Use of Your Time. That is well worth uh, your time in listening to. Let me encourage each of us today to resolve to only speak the truth and call lies what they are, which are sins against God. We must resolve to remove falsehoods coming from our mouth and quickly confess when we fail. Again, Jesus tells us that what comes out of our mouth is from an overflow of our heart. So if we're struggling with lying, we must truly examine what is overflowing in our hearts and the root cause of our lies. Is it pride or jealousy or envy? Because ultimately, it's sin that needs to be confessed and repented of. If you're listening to this devotional and know that you struggle with lying, I want to encourage you to go before the Lord and confess that sin. And, and also confess uh, to, a, to a trusted brother or sister and ask for accountability. If you know of someone that is struggling with, with that sin or, or any sin for that matter, be willing to be that accountability partner. I have an accountability partner whom I meet with regularly. And after we ask each other a series of questions, the last question is, have you lied to me about any of your answers? Tough question. Lastly, let me also encourage us by saying that God has not left us on our own in our battle to speak truth, but has given us a helper in the Holy Spirit, God himself living in every believer whom Jesus Christ calls the Spirit of Truth. The Holy, the Holy Spirit guides us in all truth. And God's word promise, promises us in Galatians 5, 16-17, but I say, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Paul reminds us that we can't do this in our own strength, and we must, we must rely on, rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. As Christians, Jesus calls us to be salt and light of the earth. Paul commends all Christians in Philippians 2, 15 through 16, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in that day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Although the Lord detests lying lips, those who act faithfully are his delight. To close, in the midst of our own crooked and twisted generation, where too often truth is relative and lies are commonplace, 
Nothing will make us stand out as salt and light more than standing on that truth of the gospel and speaking the truth and refusing to give in to lying. If we were to walk in wisdom, we must resolve to speak truth and above all, and by the power of God's Holy Spirit, to walk in a manner that points others to the way, the truth, and the life who is Jesus Christ. Let us close in prayer. Lord, we confess that there are times we struggle with telling the truth and, and we're ashamed to admit that we're, we're prone to lie. And Lord, we confess that sin to you. Help us to turn from sin, from that sin, from all sin, and help us to walk in wisdom. Give us a, a love of the truth and the strength to speak the truth regardless of the consequences. We ask that you would transform us into the image of Christ. And we ask that you would help us be truthful in all our communications and, and what we say and, and what we don't say. We ask that you would yield our desires, that we would yield our desires to the Holy Spirit and help us walk in the Spirit and not by the flesh. We love you, Lord, and we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Love you, church.